following show contains adult content. It's not our intent to offend anyone, but we want to inform you that if you are a child under the age of 18 or get offended easily, this next show may not be for you. The content, opinions, and subject matter of these shows are solely the choice of your show hosts and their guests, and not those of the Entertainment Network or any affiliated stations. Any comments or inquiries should be directed to those show hosts. Thank you for listening. Welcome to the Jimmy Star Show with Ron Russell, bringing you the good times in music, fashion, pop culture, and entertainment. We got a fabulous show for you guys today. Before we get started, let's say hi to the whole crew, starting off with my cool, outrageous man about town co-host, Mr. Ron Russell. I feel like shit. <clears throat> That's nice. Oh, see, I didn't want the big dog to come in here. The desert is gorgeous. You know, we live in the middle of the Mojave Desert. That's where Palm Springs is. And the desert has never been more gorgeous than now because of the rain we've had. We've had rain like it was in London. And the flowers have bloomed and everything is blooming. And now my sinuses are blooming. And I have a stuffed nose because I'm allergic to God knows what. And um, the dog is going to knock over all of the lights and wow. we're going to be in the dark. Sit. Shazam, sit. Sit, sit, sit. boy. <laughs> sit, Shazam. We had all the dogs in this studio. Sit, Shazam, sit. Okay, keep talking. Let's say hi to everybody. <clears throat> anyway, um, my throat. So, so forgive me if you see water pouring out of my nose. It's called snot. And if I cough, <clears throat> it's because I'm on my way out. On your way out. That's nice. From from sinus attack from plants in so the desert. So let's give some sh- sh- shout-outs to the t- team, starting off with uh, at our W4CY studio in... Where are we? Wellington. We've got Danielle. Hello, Danielle. Hello, hello. There oh, we that's go. Oh, my nice God. Story. That was nice. See, I was going to send my dog Shazam after you. Look at him. Isn't he beautiful? <laughs> I do. Shazam, dog. Shazam, you're on television. Eat that little girl, Shazam. <laughs> when I bring you to Florida, you attack her and chew her to pieces. Okay, I'm, Shazam? I probably you gotta, like, love it. Okay, go away. I'm like four foot eleven, so I definitely would oh, be a you, snack. You, you, yeah, the you, dog's you way would, the dog's just, way taller than you. And you'd just be a snack for him. Yes. <sighs> a little teeny snack. So how are you, my little snatch? I mean snack. <laughs> are you dating? Have you had a man in your life? Wait, we have yet? to say hi to everybody before yeah. you start asking her that. Well let me just talk to her, then you could do the hi to everybody. Um. Are you dating somebody? All right, well, let Jimmy do his thing. Then we'll get back and hear about your date. I'm excited. Then we want to go to Philadelphia and say hello to Scott from Rock Titan TV. What's up, Scott? Hey, guys. How you doing? Good, Scott. We're absolutely fabulous. And by the way, Scott, it's getting better every week. You're really doing a great job. I'm happy. Thank you, Ron. Your happiness is my goal. There well, you go. You got like it's everybody's it. goal. It's the goal of our audience, actually. We want to make them happy. That's why we sit here like two morons every week for free. <laughs> I actually think our Scott Page show and last week's show came out the best out of all of them that we've done. They're looking really, really good. Right. So and we I'm, got a, and we I'm, got over three million plays on one. I'm of them. sitting on a pillow. Okay. That's why I'm way higher than you. You okay. know why? If you sit on a pillow, your belly doesn't stick out. See how my stomach looks flat. <laughs> He's saying that mine looks fat. 
<laughs> well, no, you just look about seven. I lost three more pounds, though. Yeah, but you look eight months pregnant. So. Oh, oh well, I can't do anything about it. I'm anyway, having a baby. Sit, sit on a pillow. It elevates you. And look, I don't look like I don't have a belly in real life. But on film, when I slouch, it looks like a big old stomach. See how nice? Look, I've got cleavage, too. <laughs> cleavage. So, also, we want to say hi to our chat room. What's up? We got Illy from Estonia. She says, we look super. I'm not sure who user KHIBB is. That might be Goddess. Um, hey, Goddess. It might be Eileen. I think that might be Eileen. Eileen, Goddess, whoever you are. Hi, hi, hi. We have B. Claudia from Germany, which hi, I spoke to yesterday on the phone. She speaks such beautiful English. She's so fabulous. So, B, uh, hello, wait, hello. Hang on. How come I never get to talk to these people? Because I I do business with them, and I talk to them. Oh, so I'm not, like, registering right? <laughs> You're always, and I talked to Angela last night, so we want to say hi to Angela. Yeah, and I was naked. I just came out of the shower, and I was going to ask Jimmy something, and I walked into the studio, and I didn't know that he was face. I was FaceTiming. FaceTiming. So he yelled out, Ron, are you naked? Stop. And I stopped (laughs) because I didn't want Angela, you know, to see me naked. Then, you know, she'll be sending me dirty emails and talking dirty to me on the thing. After she sees the anatomy, you know, she's going to say, oh, my God, Kong is here. And so, that, uh, yeah, that, that's Eileen. Eileen says that that's Eileen. That's Eileen, that's you. <clears throat> Ron, you got to try. refresh your page or something because everybody else seems to have us fine. So it's not our side, I don't think. I think it's yours because she says she has music and no show. I'm not sure. Also, you guys, hit the ITV button. Hit the ITV Must button. Must you shout? Must you shouting? Sh- yes, you are. Must you scream like a queen? That's not. I'm not screaming. <laughs> a screaming queen. You are. A I am a screaming queen. queen. Yeah, um, must you scream into the microphone? It's a microphone. It enhances your voice. And I'm holding it down here because I. Yes, that's cold. where you should. So everybody, hold it. listen up. Hit the ITV oh my button. God. It's not loud. I can't even hear it. Uh, hit because the ITV you, button. You know why you can't hear it? Because when I get in your car and I start it. The music is so loud. You have That's damaged your high. Damaged you have damaged your high frequency. How come that when we're talking to people, I always hear everything, even when they're whispering? So. You have damaged your high frequency hearing. No. Anyway. Yes, I want to warn you, kids out there. All that boom, 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 boom in your car is damaging your high frequency. When you're about forty or fifty, you will be tone deaf. That is a fact. It's been written about doctors. So do not. Boom, boom, boom. Now. Hey, Scott or D, real quick, can they hit the ITV button to see everything, or do they know to go to the YouTube? Wait, ITV. Wait, wait, ITV. Please, let me get an answer. Well, I like to show this ITV. microphone right there. Do you guys know? Can they go to ITV, or do they need to go to Talk 4 TV live stream on YouTube? I think you can just hit the ITV button. Yeah, ITV right, should be good. Yeah. All right, you guys, all you got to do is hit the ITV button on the top of the W4CY.com thing, and you can see us live. We have a great show for you guys today. It's going to be so much fun. We have Calico Cooper coming on. Um, I actually met her at a movie premiere in L.A. in November or December. In December. Wow, isn't that exciting? And uh, she's super cool, and she's the daughter of Alice Cooper, and she's got a cool band, and she's in all kinds of cool horror movies. I she's can't wait. She's exciting, but your meeting her is boring. No, it's not. Yes, and it then... Uh, actually, I had a great conversation with her, and then we uh, great conversation. Duh. Hello, my name is Jimmy. What's yours? That's not true. I met her father. They have, I think, they might have a house in Florida or something, because I met him in Florida many years ago at the store next to my clothing store. I, I know I am not boring. Why do I love you so much? Because I'm fabulous. I really sometimes <laughs> say to myself, Why am I with him? Why did I marry him? And why do I love him so? Because he really irks me, like you, baby. Uh, Daniela, Danny, listen, I want to hear about the boyfriend and the date. Um, there's no boyfriend, there's no date, there's just kind of a fun cop buddy that I have. 
a fuck friend? Yeah. I'm too busy. That's good. I'm too busy. You're a little, you're a little trampolino. Yeah, she says she's too busy to have like no, a steady boyfriend. She no, just no, needs no. to get her needs met. Yeah. I know that. That's a little trampolino. No. I mean, That's good. On. You no. have a fuck buddy? Yeah, That's terrible. One. Is he, is he cute? Yes. He is he very, is he hung? Yes. Oh my God. <laughs> give me his phone number. I'll give it to Jimmy. I don't need it. He's I've like, got you. Anyway, Danielle, I'm happy that you're getting it. I mean, because, you know, young girls that don't get it, they get pimples. Yes. Let me tell <laughs> so you. I bet, it's, it's very I bet you, don't have, you don't have one pimple, I bet. He's, it's very convenient. He lives 10 minutes down the street. He's a cop. He comes with his own uniform and handcuffs. Girl can't oh complain. my God! So she gets it when he's in uniform. What does he do? Arrest That's like you? a super fantasy thing. I know he arrests her. He hangs her. I would love that. That's, that's kind of mandatory. I had that cop in Pennsylvania. What are you kidding? <laughs> there was a cop in Pennsylvania, handsome, handsome, and I thought he was a little bit weird. And as time went on, he came on to me because he was married, but he liked playing around with older men also. And, of course, I dismissed that because I was married to Jimmy. But it would have been a great fantasy to make love to a cop with handcuffs and a gun. I mean, it's kind of a sadistic, sicko thing. But you're <laughs> kind of sick and sadistic. Yes. So I guess it works for you. <laughs> yeah, I mean, it's not like I'm trotting around town with different men. It's just one man, and he's a busy guy, and I'm a busy girl. So it kind of just like whenever we can, that's just what it is. But is he married and just cheating on his wife? No, 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 not oh, at all. He's single? Yeah. Well, maybe, maybe he's marriage material. Eileen, Eileen is, says maybe. go, Danielle. <laughs> right, look, look, look what's talking. I mean, please, please, God, save me from Eileen Shapiro, that every man she's met in California is looking to bang her. I mean, who wants to put her in a motel? She gets love letters from some fag friend of ours. I mean, this guy is as gay as they come, and he sends a love text every day how he wants to do her, bang her. I mean, I don't know what that broad's got, but boy, the men just go crazy for her. No, seriously. I can she, imagine. She, she cleans up all over. Must be those big bazooms she's got, 48 double, triple Gs. Anyway, so maybe you'll marry this cop. I doubt it, but we'll see. He's got it. He's got, he, he knows he's a hot-looking cop, so he's got, like, that douchey persona for him. But... <laughs> Oh, so, so he knows he's the shit. Yeah, he does. Like, so he's bang he's banging the neighborhood. I don't know what he's doing, but it's not. It's, I know what I'm doing. It's not my issue what he's doing. But when we see each other in public, he just looks at me, and I'm just like, "You're such a douche." Sometimes he's like, "I, I know." I was like, "You can't just say hi to me properly. You got to yell across the bar, woman." He's like, "Yeah." I was like, one of these days, I'm, the, I'm just not going to answer you. He's like, I doubt it. I was like, yeah. You know right. what Eileen you do? says, thanks, Ron. <laughs> Wait. You know what you do, honey? The next time he does that, don't wear panties and turn around in the bar, point your <laughs> ass at him and lift your skirt. Um, and then scream, kiss my ass. Yeah, I, I guess I could do that. No, don't do that because he might get mad and then you won't have a steady thing. It's no, nice no, to he have may get horny thing. and run over and start kissing her ass. You I, never know. I doubt it. Like, I, I doubt he's going to be that type. Like, Those douchey guys don't do that. No. Those douchey guys don't no, do that. No, like, uh, men, men do everything. Men men put their tongues everywhere. I mean, so I'm told by most women. He, like, said something to me the other day. He was like, 
are you home? I said, no, I'm, I'm out. And he's just like, oh, okay. And he's like, when are you going to be home? I was like, I have no idea. And he's like, you can't come home now? I was like, uh, no. He's like, why not? I was like, well, you're asking for a boyfriend things, and right now you're holding the title of a fuck friend, and that's it. So I'm not going to come <laughs> running oh, she's home. Oh, wicked bitch. Eileen, did you hear this little bitch? Eileen, oh, you and Danielle need to hang out. Yeah, you, listen, I got, listen, please, you two could be sisters. Forget it. The both of you? Oh, my God. And you'll it, not... Oh, forget it. Men the will be, like, destroyed. The Scott next, just sits there quiet. The next well, the Scott's, day. Ma- Scott's no, married. He can't come clean with the... what he does on the side because <laughs> his wife will leave him. But I think Scott's got a heart on from what Danielle is saying and Eileen. So, you know, well, I mean, I think this show is very perverted and I'm leaving it. You're all disgusting, filthy-mouthed, oh, yeah. <laughs> and trashy people. Well, I'm Ron, not doing I this show anymore. Part. You all always. I'm not doing it. He, oh, yeah, well, he texted. Well, no, Ronnie, when he has the... I I love you, Danielle. The funniest part. I know that, but I love Danielle in spite of the fact that her voice just irritates the shit out of me, but now her voice is getting very sexy. Sexy. Yeah, now she's speaking beautifully. That's why the douchebag likes her. You need to use that voice. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. When the cop is banging you, you have to say, (laughs) and how do you like this, honey? Well, he texted me the next day after I said I wasn't coming, I wasn't rushing home, and he was. Just, he said something he was like, uh, and he was like, "What are you doing tonight?" I was like, uh, "I'm at Renaissance Festival. I'll text you when I get home." And he was like, "Yeah." And then he said something douchey about how he got somebody else to take care of him last night. I was like, "Okay, that's cool." Oh, like, I would have <laughs> said to him, "Just one. I had three, honey." I was like. <laughs> And I was like, was that supposed to hurt my feelings? He was like, I thought you were going to get a little jealous. I was like, oh, honey, stop. You're acting like you're the only one I'm talking to. Next time he does that, say, oh, you just had one. I had three. Well, he acts like I'm the only one. He's the only one I'm talking to. I'm like, no. You're funny. Yeah. If, if he cute. wants, you're funny. Listen, listen, you're listen. Funny. he he thinks he thinks he's a big cunt man. Okay, he does. you show him you're a big dick. Well, girl, that's what I said. And you outdo him. I was like, oh, honey, you're so cute. You think you're the only one I'm talking to? I was like, aw. No, you want to really not. destroy him? Say, listen, sweetheart, I love you. But if you had three inches more, I'd love you even more. Uh, <laughs> and the yes. cop will shoot himself with his own gun. Yes. I'm going to say that next time. But like I said, he... I like that one too. No, seriously, say, I love you so much, but if you had three inches more, I could adore you. And that'll get him. Because men all think they have gigantic penises. Or you could say, I would know it was in. No, even... Even a guy with a four-inch wang thinks he's hung like a horse. Because it's in their mind, you know. Men have to be... Oh, yeah. Their penises are their trophies. He, and the bigger the penis, they think the better it is. Oh, yeah. He he knows he's a hot cop. Like, that's just... That's what it is. Like, he... Well, he so we have to go. We does, have to wait, call. does he do guys? I, I have no idea. We didn't get into that Ask yet. Ask him next time if he does guys. That'll make him limp for a while. Mm. So we want to do a All quick right, we shout can't talk out. We, uh, we Danielle, want... thank you for your honesty. I love you. Mm-hmm. We'll, next week, we'll talk more about this cop. Yes. There you go. All right. We want to give a shout out. Michaela's in the chat room. Hi, Michaela. She joined us and everybody in the chat room. We're going to call our first guest. It's Calico Cooper. I'm very excited about it. Um, while we're calling her, we're going to play uh, her new music video for, for her band, which is called Bisto Blanco. And the name of the song is Feed My Frankenstein. You got You guys got that ready? Yep, just tell us when to press play, and I'm good to go. Scott, you good? Yes, indeedy. So what's right, our cue? Um, our cue is, uh, as soon as I say enjoy. All right, everybody. Now we're going to play the awesome new video, Feed My Frankenstein by Bisto Blanco. Enjoy. 
Whoa, that was a quick and abrupt end. Did that end? I don't know. <laughs> yes, it did. All right, well, I, you, you guys are live right now, just so I can coincide with that. So you well, guys are all go. good. All right, everybody. Thank so that thank was you so very much. That was "Feed My Frankenstein" by Bisto Blanco, and on the line we have yeah. the incredibly gorgeous and talented Calico Cooper. Hello, and welcome to the Jimmy Star Show with Ron Russell. You're so. Ooh, nice. I had such a hard time getting all that out. Yeah, <laughs> That's a Good. massive title to wrap your mouth around. Absolutely. I don't want to. Ron could do it because he wraps his mouth around things good. Oh, bullshit. <laughs> you wish. You wish. That's your prayer. You fucking wish. We're married. We're actually married. Um, yeah, and I'm, and, I'm, and, I'm not and I'm not going I'm not going to talk to this guest at all. I refuse to talk to this guest, even though she's gorgeous and beautiful and sexy and has the strangest name. I refuse to speak to her. You know why? Why? Because she didn't take a picture. She with didn't you. take a picture with me, little snot. Yes. You know what? I distinctly remember. I remember you coming up to me so kind, so demure and saying, Calico. May we take a picture? And I said, get out of my face. <laughs> that, then she, picked, she took one of her high heels off and hit me in the back of the head with it, knocked me down the stairs. And then and, you tried to put it on. <laughs> well, it was too small. It was very expensive high heel, so. Yeah. Well, the, heel, the high heel was much too large for my dainty little. Yeah. <laughs> anyway, Calico, first question. What's with the Calico? Wait, wait, wait. wait. What's with the Calico? Everybody. How'd you get the name Calico? So uh, my parents are super into the Western sort of like culture, like, you know, cowboys and Indians and kind of thing. And so my brother and sister and I all have very Western-y kind of names. And uh, Calico was actually a ghost town in the middle of the desert that burned down. I know the town. I know Calico. I was there when I, I have pictures of it. I, I thought you were going to say you were there when it burned down. I was like, you're no. not that. No, I was going to go there. You just blew my joke, you little thing. But I, you stepped on my line. But anyway, so so what's your brother's name? No, hang on. Wait, wait. Oh, wait, what do you want from my life? Because we have to introduce her. We got chat rooms. We got people on. We have D. We have everybody. Know who so she this is. is uh, this is this is my co-host uh, Ron Russell. She doesn't know you. Used to say hello. I'm not even speaking to her. Don't do it. Don't okay. force me. Then we've got uh, we've got the the behind the boards people, which you know Scott from Rock Titan TV. Say hi to Scott. Hi Scott. Hey and Calico. It, great to see you again. And then in Florida we have in Florida we have Danielle. Hello, gorgeous. Oh, listen, she's like a dyke now. I love it. <laughs> she I is. Oh, she's gorgeous. so Hello, gorgeous. Danielle, you don't quit from cops to dykes. I love no, it. No, <laughs> I got a little. Hold on, I so got a little. So we've also got a chat room full of, full of people. We have Estonia, Germany. Uh, UK, Canada, United States, France, Australia. all kinds of people, places represented. So just say hi to everybody in the chat room. Hey, everybody in the chat room. What's up? We're in there a, you go. We are in 127 countries. 187 or oh, something. Oh, 187 countries right now. <laughs> So smile for the camera. You're in 187 countries. There you go. She's a beautiful girl. Now I want to know the names of your brothers. And sister. And sister. So uh, my brother's named Dashiell, after Dashiell Hammett, the author. I know. My sister is named Sonora, after the desert. Sonora, yep. That's yep. cool. Sonora, Dash, and Calico. So your brother and sister, are they also in entertainment? They are. It's, we kind of... Um, like a disease, we spread through all of the arms of entertainment industry. Um, you know, I do film and television, and I do Bisto, and my brother's in a band called Co-op, and my sister does special effects and gore makeup. Oh, my God, I love that. Wow. First of all, I, 
I think that you should be like the biggest horror movie actress. I mean, we know wait, all wait, of wait, them wait, wait, in the wait, world. Wait, 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 Pronounce the word correctly. Horror movie no, actress. Horror. It's not horror. A horror, a horror. How do you say horror? A horror is something else. How do you say it? But you're saying you're you're landingly heavy on the O, so you're saying a horror movie. Yeah. So it's, how do yeah, you say you know, it? What it sounds like is you're the biggest star of horror. Horror. No, movie. she's not. She needs to be. No, but she wait a minute. Horror movies. In Brooklyn, we say horror. We really know how. We really know. We really know how to pronounce the word horror. And horror is horror. To be fair, a lot of times, hua and horror do go. That's and, true. Yeah. <laughs> but we don't want people to think that you're going to be the biggest horror star. Horror, horror it's star. Horror, horror. Good boy. So first of all, let's tell everybody. So you are the lead singer for Bisto Blanco, uh, a fabulous band. And uh, you guys, we played the video. You can check it out on uh, on YouTube. Um, so and you guys are on tour, right? Or you are? Are you on tour right now? Yeah, we're uh, about to head out to Nashville. We're doing two months with the band Hailstorm. Yeah, huge band. Way to go. It's going to be really cool. And I just kind of love it's, uh, you know, sort of two uh, female fronted rock bands and um, this band called Playa Royale, who I just started listening to their music. And they definitely have a flair for the sort of bizarre, almost like Edwardian vampire kind of thing. So, yeah, it's it's like I, I describe us as sort of like cyber pirates. You know there what you I mean? Go. Like a Viking cyber pirate band. This other band is like this uh, this sort of lace having you know, a cool, edgy rock band, and then Hailstorm, which is just black leather and sweat. Like, I awesome. I freaking like, love Hailstorm. What was the name of that pirate group in the movie I did? Oh, that that's terrible. I don't know. I know. What was their name? We did a terrible movie called Croker, and they had an actual pirate band that was like a pirate band, but they, like their music was more like, yo, shim, like shit you would see like on Pirates of the Caribbean. It was terrible. Ho, ho, ho. Ho, ho, ho. ho. Yeah, ho, ho, ho. It was freaking ho, terrible. Ho, ho, and they were singing away, and I had to It was sit, the worst sit, thing you've ever seen. that for, for days of shooting. Then you're also going on the Megadeth, Mega Cruise with, uh, with Megadeth, right? The Mega Cruise, which is so awesome. I... Uh, one of my favorite bands ever is this band called Danko Jones. And so I, when I was looking through the list, I go, oh, cool, like Megadeth, of course, they're lords and legends. So I'm like scrolling through and I go, Danko Jones? I'm like, yes. And so it's uh, it's totally different than the, the Monsters of Rock, which we also do. And Monsters of Rock is like, I mean, they are kind of like the foundation of where metal has gone now. You know, it's like um, Night Ranger and, you know, bands like that where it's like, they have such bleed diehard fans. And I just love watching these fans come out in full effect and support. Now, this is taking a little more of a metal turn, which is interesting because Bisto really does do both. We're like a we're, we do glam. We do heavy metal. We do theatrical rock. It's, it's it's so easily plopped anywhere. I mean, we could probably plop us down in the middle of Disneyland and we'd scare some people. <laughs> <laughs> I freaking like love it. I think first of all, it's, I think it's Wait just. Wait a second, is there still heavy metal, or did that go by the wayside? No, they, there still is. I mean, is. really, is it around? Still it's not heavy on the metal? radio, though. So it's never. I never hear quantify, it. I people love to quantify. You know, there in the beginning, there was rock and roll, right? <laughs> and then from there, we started taking turns. Well, that's not rock and roll. That's punk rock. And that's not rock and roll. That's acid rock. And that's not rock and roll, that's heavy metal. And then heavy metal wasn't enough, so now it's black metal. And if you sort of fall into a specific genre of rock that you like more than another one, it's so weird how the factions split. So it's like, if I go, oh, that's a great heavy metal band, people go, it's black metal. 
I go, shut <laughs> My apologies. I think that's terrible. I think so. It's, everybody it's calls it what they want to call it. I call it noise. Noise, all that <laughs> noise. Just plain old noise. I never understood it. You know, I'm from the generation of Johnny Manthus and Peggy Lee. So hearing heavy metal to me when it first came out, I was still a younger guy, but I never quite understood it because the notes just didn't seem to register with me. Now as I'm older and, and, and I'm, I guess, a little more demented, I understand it better. Well, and I don't, I don't dislike it, huh? What are you listening to now? Like what's, uh, what's like on your playlist? Oh, Johnny Mantis, Peggy Lee, uh, Mary <laughs> Wells, uh, all the he old to A lot of people that we have come on the show, like a lot of times he'll oh, listen yeah. to them because everything. Oh, we yeah. usually have somebody, you know. Oh, yeah. My them. favorite one right now is Bobby Eakes. And Bobby Eakes lives here in Pennsylvania. And, and, um, and where am I? In, uh, Palm Bob Springs. Springs. And Bobby Eakes is a friend of mine, and I'm crazy about her voice. And I just took off of whatever, whatever. Spotify. What, Spotify. He, I just got him on Spotify. All her songs, and I put them in my car. Bobby Eakes can really sing. Beautiful. She'll have no idea who Bobby Eakes is. Yeah, I is. think she knows who Bobby no. Eakes is. Bobby she, Eakes is a... I do Spotify, but the Spotify thing is, is such a cool thing because you discover artists, and that was what it was intended for, I think. So, like, you know, if I love Laura Nero... I'm going to play Laura Nero radio and all of a sudden I'm going to get Burt Bacharach, Bobby Eakes. I'm going to get all these like sort of like spanning the, the, the well, radio you, of singer songwriters. Yes, you correct. Know, you know who Bobby Eakes, she was on television for years in, in one of the soap operas. No, she's been on a bunch of soap operas. But the most famous she probably doesn't watch soap, soap operas. She, she knows Bobby Eakes. I mean, let me tell you, some of my favorite stories are when I've auditioned for soap operas. I have to tell you this one. So I went in for an unnamed soap opera. And I was playing. You can name it. I cannot name it. Oh, okay. No, 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 no. She will be liable. No, she cannot name it. But I went in. And uh, so this role was like, it's awesome. It was like a whole for the whole season. And it was this reporter that uncovers this like dastardly murder. Right. So my audition piece is my phone rings in the middle of it. Like the phone is supposed to fake ring. So I'm auditioning for it. And. I'm not going to toot my own horn, but I think they're so used to really horrible actors coming yes. for those. The, the season, the like season actors are amazing. That's an art. The, the art of the soap opera is an art, art, art. But the art of the supporting character is like somebody comes in, he's like, hey, I told you not to talk to my dad that way. You know? <laughs> so. I come in and I'm playing a reporter busy and my phone rings and I go, hello? And the casting director goes, oh, it's okay. It happens. You, you can start over. And I went, what? <laughs> start oh, over what? I thought you actually were answering your phone. And I went, well, I guess I'm a better actor than you're used to. <laughs> <laughs> but that's, I guess what she was expecting was, hello? Yeah. <laughs> No, but we have many friends here in Palm Springs who are super soap stars like... Uh, Bobby Eakes is one of them. Yeah, she was on The Bold and the Beautiful. And Tristan Rogers. Scorpio, Scorpio on General Hospital. And Judith... Uh, Chapman on Chat Young and Chapman. the Restless. And these people, know, we have all of they them. all live here. They're like the legendary ones. Yeah, but they, they're, they're, they're good actors. They can act. Uh, they're not line readers. I find that most of those soap opera people read lines. When I was a young man of 16 years old, I was dating Casey Michaels, who was on a soap opera. And um, I remember seeing, even at 16 years old, I thought it was so corny and horrible. I don't like soap operas. 
<laughs> do you watch them? Did you ever watch them? I did. My mom used to do, what was the one? Um, all My Children. Oh, yeah. My mom, my mom liked that one, too. My mom was uh, super into All My Children. And, uh, Juan used to live near Susan Lucci or something, right? Oh, I know. He, he, he oh, hates I know. her. Oh, I don't like <laughs> Don't say that. I don't hate Susan Lucci. I don't understand her. You said she was a bitch. <laughs> no, don't say that, Jimmy. That's not nice. Well, Susan, I, I'm friends Susan. with, you know who Finola Hughes is? She yes. Is, sure. Yeah. So Finola Hughes and I worked together. Um, she was uh, workshopping a film in this in this really prestigious acting class out here in L.A. And it was my first day in class. And I'm going, looking around. And I go, oh, wow, that's Finola Hughes. And so after class, she comes up and she says, would you be interested in workshopping this this film that I'm writing? Help me work out the details. And I'm going, yes. I mean, <clears throat> yes. <laughs> Thank you. Because they were looking for like a Kristen Wiig type. And I'm like. Hey, absolutely. Let me explain the Susan Lucci thing, because Jimmy just said something that's not true. I do not dislike Susan Lucci, and I don't hate her. My daughter, Deirdre, and her daughter played together. They were friends. We lived in Garden City. Susan Lucci lives in Garden City. So, of course, I was in Susan's company due to the fact of our children, not because we were both actors. That we never even discussed. When we were together, we talked about the kids. There was an incident that happened that I won't get into that upset upset me and I thought Susan Lucci said some pretty unkind things about my daughter Leslie who was Miss Long Island and she was in a parade in our town coming down in a limo and Susan said something not realizing I was behind her and uh -huh. um, that's the only thing I have uh, but other than that I've seen her in the supermarket she would walk in her full high, big spike high heels a jumpsuit hair done lashes on makeup jewelry and pushing the cart like this you know and wiggling as she walked in the supermarket and she'd walk by me and smile her big Susan Lucci smile and I'd give her my big Ron Russell smile and that was it <laughs> she's following the uh, a life principle that I back if you stay fabulous, you don't have to get fabulous. Exactly. And I don't want to say anything bad about it because I'm proud of her. She just finished a horrible bout with cancer and wow. she won. And she won. I'm so happy, Susan, that you are healthy and, and okay. I, I don't dislike you, Susan, at all. Besides, Lara Spencer and, you know, is from Good Morning America, she's from Garden City and my daughter Leslie's best friend. And now Susan Lucci sees Lara. So it's kind of a little circle of all the bullshit. Well, tell me, tell me there's not a show here. Because I'm always looking at, you know, I, I have a production company and I, I'm always looking for that. Oh, nobody's done that yet. So you have a town in Florida, right? We're no, all this is Garden Gar 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 City, City, New York. York. Oh, no, Long York. Island. Garden City, so, Long Island. Let's say Long Island, right? And these really famous soap stars retire there. But they all retire in this one community. So the show I want to watch is how they stay themselves. They can't let it go, but they have to exist in this small town with these big personalities. Well, we, we, we could do it here in Palm Springs. Yeah, everybody's we in have Palm about, Springs. We have about <laughs> six or seven soap opera stars big that ones. live here. Big famous ones that have been on soaps for like a thousand years. And they'd be more than happy to do it. Listen, I'm, we are approached presently from someone for a reality show. Because I'm in the business 58 years and I've met practically everybody in the business. He's older than he looks. I'm 78 years old. I'll be 79 in May. Girl, your skin cream is working. Well, yeah, <laughs> I hope. <laughs> anyway, um, I had a TV show set the record straight. I interviewed the legends of Hollywood. My dog just moved the camera. Shazam, get off the wire. Get off, Shazam. Okay. Okay, now we're back. Shazam, 130-pound. Uh, He's going to disconnect us. Fila.
He's a master, bull master. Right, hopefully he doesn't move. No, anyway, so I interviewed celebrities like Jane Russell, uh, uh, Lauren Bacall, Betty Davis, uh, all the big stars of, of yesteryear. And I forgot what, oh yeah, and I know a lot of people. So this producer wants Jimmy and I to go around and just visit our New York friends, our Hollywood friends, our Palm Springs friends, because we have wild parties with crazy people. And the show would be fun. But they wanted me to give up and Jimmy to give up this show mm-hmm. because they, they didn't want it to con- confuse the other show. And this is like our freaking baby. this is our home. W4CY has been very good to both of us. And we get cool people like you and everybody and likes coming there's on the no show. Way, there's no way I'm ever giving up this show for the unknown. Right. Because we have a proven track record of 4 I mean, million the, weekly viewers. Do you realize so. you're on the number one show of this kind in the world? Jimmy and I have won that award. You're not aware of that. You're no. talking to big no. shit people here. All right. Big shit. <laughs> <laughs> anyway, you're adorable. I like you. So go back. Time, wait, wait. The next time I see you, I want a picture kissing you. So on you the guys, cheek, we, I, I, I actually met Calico at the Hanukkah premiere, you guys. And I she like was, Calico. She was with uh, Chuck Garrick, who's also in your band, and or uh, Bisto Blanco. He's also in your dad's band, right? Yeah, you know? yeah. Chuck and I... Uh, we met when I was on tour with Alice. I did that tour for 12 years. I played the nurse and cold Ethel and all that stuff. So that was kind of my foray into this. And Chuck, you know, came on maybe like 2006 and we met and we just instantly creatively were like, Oh, you're a crazy person. And I'm a crazy person. Love and it. His idea was, <laughs> I want to do a band that's like sunny and share, but like post-apocalyptic. And I go, <laughs> It's deranged okay. and wonderful. Listen, who's your father? Alice Cooper. Go away. Yeah. This is Alice Cooper's daughter. Yeah. Are you shitting me? He doesn't know. I don't. T- he doesn't read. He doesn't read any of the press of I, any guests coming on because he Alice, likes to be you're surprised. Alice Cooper's daughter. Indeed yeah. I know. Oh, bitch! That from- you didn't take a picture with me. Oh. I'm going to assassinate <laughs> you. I'm going to assassinate. Oh my God, Alice Cooper, one of my favorite people in the world. Alice Cooper's, you know. We look, should have introduced you that way, but I wanted to I'm introduce you as your her. Own. I'm looking at her and look a little bit. You could see Dad there. You can Can't see you? here. I could see your father Oh, wait, wait. She's going to show you. There you go. Yes, I could see. <laughs> yes, your dad and you look. You're Alice Cooper. Now I've got to ask you that boring question that I asked Lorna Luft. Uh, Judy Garland's daughter. I said to Lorna when I interviewed her, what is it like being Judy Garland's daughter? She said, I wouldn't know. That was the only mother I ever had. So now what's it like being Alice Cooper's daughter? My God, what an exciting life. Well, it's it's like you see in the movies, you know, when a kid grew up being like a carnival worker at a circus, right? So, you know, she's right. Lana's right. It's It's the only dad I've ever had. You know, my parents today are celebrating their 43rd wedding anniversary. Good. Yay. Good for yay, them. yay, yay. See, drugs so, help. <laughs> so, um, yeah. So, uh, so I was super accustomed to seeing things like guillotines and serpents and all kinds of things. That wasn't shocking to me at all. And then my parents made a really smart choice and said, you know what? We're going to put her in public school because she has this extraordinary life and is so accustomed to seeing you know, these extraordinary things, she needs to be able to like take a punch and to like defend her milk money. You know what I mean? And that kind of stuff. So they on purpose put me in a public school. To and, be real. Yeah. To be real. Yeah. Yeah. I love it. Real. And and to where, you know, nobody cared. 
you know, in private school, everybody had a rich and famous parent. So it was just like, oh, blah. and I don't think that that's as much as who they wanted me to associate with because I was already hanging out with, you know, people that were surreal and people that right. were like you know, considered famous and, and the whole thing. But I didn't understand the context of that word, really. And so, you know, they had me go to public school. I ran on the track team you know, everything like that. And I mean, I got in fist fights and I, I, I learned how to live a very normal real like life. Like real people. I yeah. lived in, I lived in Beverly Hills for many years and both my children went to school in Beverly Hills in a public school, but my daughter Deirdre and Angelina Jolie grew up together as best yeah. friends. And Angie's mom, who I loved very much, uh, said, Angie will go to public school always. We don't want her in the private school with the rest of the um, kids that are affected by yeah. their Hollywood parents. She went to school with Liv Tyler, too. With Liv Tyler as well. So I met him, the other guy. What's his name, the father? Stephen Tyler. Stephen Tyler. <laughs> anyway, nice guy, nice guy. They live down the road from us. Anyway. Um, so let me it, go back wait, real wait, quick. Wait, wait, It pays off because both of my children were raised normal. Yeah. And they're streetwise, just like you. And you have definitely got a personality that you would never have had if you had bullshit up your ass and you felt like you were the queen. You have a real down-to-earth, honest, sincere personality, and you're okay in my book, Toots. Thanks. That means a lot. Oh, no, I met the phony bitches. I mean, I got to tell you. I won't name who, but, well... No, Eileen says I'm, I'm good friends with Lana Turner's daughter, okay, oh. Cheryl Crane. And Cheryl was also another chick that was down to earth and honest. But a lot of them that I know, celebrities' kids, they're drugged up to no end. They're neurotic. They're insane. Can I tell you why? Yeah. I know why. Um, okay. I do also, but let me hear your idea. All right, been, and, and this is just an opinion, you know, <laughs> being, being in the shoes I'm in. I feel like... Um, those that I'm friends with, that I've grown up with from childhood to now, where, where you have no baggage when you're a kid and I watch the baggage compile on them, I think what it is is a comparison. And they are under a microscope to do as well as their famous parent or to do something as, as big or life-changing as their famous parents done. So you'll find that a lot of celebrity kids, let's say you know, somebody like me, would go, I never want to be in a band because I'm never going to be a, a, a living legend. I'm never going to outdo what Alice has done. And then they get crushed, you know, same as actors' kids. Well, I'm never going to win an Oscar because my parents, and even if I do, they're going to say it's just because your parent was famous. So even if you defy the odds and do as well as your parent, then everybody flips the coin and goes, well, it's only because of your last name, negating all the work that you did to overcome an even harder obstacle than coming from nowhere. So I get it, but then it clicks one day and you go, oh, art is art. You don't, it's not comparative. You know, what we're doing in Bisto is nothing like what Alice does. And it took me a long time to get that where I was going, well, people are just gonna care about, you know, half the people come see the show don't know who I am. You didn't know who I was. No, I have no idea. I just thought you were beautiful. Oh. And, and no, and that you could do vampire movies easy. You have those eyes, those dark, deep, forbidding eyes, foreboding yeah. eyes. But let me talk about Angie Voigt, who's Angelina Jolie, but I know her as Angie Voigt, John's yeah. uh, daughter. I know John. Uh, we live diagonally on a Spalding Drive to the Beverly Hills High. Mm -hmm. 
And John would come to pick up my daughter, Deirdre, and take Angie. They'd roll down the hill and stuff. And then he would say to me, oh, Deirdre is such fun. She has such a great personality in front of Angie. Uh, Angie never had, had a good relationship with her dad ever. He was very cheap about giving them money. They lived in a very modest apartment that they rented in Beverly Hills on Roxbury Drive. Angie came to a birthday party of my daughter's with uh, Mary Jane shoes that were white, that were scratched, and the dress was sort of really machine washed. So she was never given the, uh, the privileges that a father with a lot of money would give. Angie is a great, I love Angie, by the way, and I defend her whenever I can. Her tits are her own. Her lips are her own. Everything on that broad is her own. There's nothing fake about Angie. Her personality is not fake either. She's like me. She tells it like it is. She's not a liar. She tells the truth. But she's the loneliest girl in the world. Mm -hmm. And if it wasn't for her mother who gave her great love, she probably would have killed herself by now. Now, one more thing. Jane Russell, my best friend for years, my, my buddy, when she passed away, her son did not allow any of us at her funeral. Not Terry Moore, not Esther Williams, no, not Arlene Dahl, none of us. These are major movie stars. Why? He hated Hollywood because he never had a mother. Jane Russell was a star, an actress. She was never a mother. And she told me this. She said, Ron, I was probably the worst mother in the world. She was drunk all the time. She was partying. She never cooked or cleaned or did anything that a mother would do. So these children of Hollywood famous stars feel that they, they lost a mother and they didn't want this make-believe sex symbol. Uh, so what do you think about that? Well, I think, you know, I can, and I'm even different from my brother and sister in this way. I was, I had the, the holy grail of upbringings because my parents are still in love after 43 years, right? Who does that? Beautiful. That's so beautiful. That's beautiful. And they're both hysterical. They do not take themselves seriously. You know, like they love and respect each other. But I remember being in high school and coming home all high schooly and hormony and going, oh, this guy that I love asked another girl to dance and I just want to die. And my parents, instead of sitting me down and going, honey, it's going to be okay, they would reenact the guy asking the other girl to the dance and like <laughs> to they're like they're like no not kevin asked the girl to dance i'm like that's good that's good but he taught me a sense of humor and i was like you're right it doesn't matter and and so so it's that that and coupled with my dad took me out when i was 18 years old he said callie i want to redo um the Alice Cooper show. And he's like, and I want to restore it to its former glory and do all of the, you know, theatrics and the characters. And he says, um, you know, at the time I was a pretty accomplished dancer. And he's like, you know, you're very funny though, too. And he's like, and this has got a modicum of vaudeville in it. And he's like, would you be able to, you know, jump in full time and, and be on the show? And I go, yeah, no, I'd love to. All I was thinking about is 18 and I get to travel the world. Right. And my dad's with me, which I didn't realize how important that was going to be later. But, you know, 18, so I'm all over the place. I'm responsible for my own bus call. I'm responsible. Nobody's wiping my butt. Nobody's telling me, you know, like if I miss the bus, they're not waiting. I find my way to the venue. You know what I mean? Like it was like a hard bucket of water in the face to go Oh, I'm right in the workforce. I didn't go like to college and go, let me get my feet wet with this. It was just like, Psh. and so I was the only girl with 40 men 
So learning to navigate that too, I was like, I, oh. and so <laughs> I learned a lot about like being professional. I learned a lot about my dad. I learned a lot about men and I learned it in such a way of not when your girlfriends tell you, oh, well, guys like this and they don't like that. I'm watching this go down and I'm learning how the world works in this small bubble. And so after 12 years of doing it, you know, he let me run that show. Like the first two years, I mind my P's and Q's. I'd seen the nurse done this way. I'd seen the ballet bit done this way. I'd seen, you know, the go to hell whip bit done this way. So I was very careful to like not upset him or the fans. And then I started kind of growing teeth and fangs. And I went, what if I did this? And what if I did that? And it just took a hard left and people were loving what I was doing because it was irreverent and it was different than it had ever been done before. And my dad said, keep going. You haven't reached as crazy as you can get yet. There's more to discover. There's more. And he wasn't afraid. He says, I watch you every night because I don't know what you're going to do. He's like, you don't do choreography. Why don't you do the same thing every night? And I'm like, how am I? It's a year we're on the tour. You do the same thing every night. Yeah, that would get boring. <laughs> There's danger there. You know what I mean? Like, I don't know what I'm going to do. So you certainly don't know what I'm going to do. And I love it. It felt that, really that's cool. that's what makes your personality what it is right now. You are a very intelligent, outgoing, well-spoken, interesting, fascinating girl. And I'm going to invite you right now back on our show. I'm serious. I, I I think I'm falling in friend with you instantly because you're my kind of people. No, you're like me. You tell it like it is. No bullshit from you. Uh, yeah, fame fame is cool, but being liked is much better. Yeah, I I really want to know people that don't waste my time. And I yeah, think living in Los Angeles. That's how I feel the same way as you. Absolutely. Living in L.A., 90% of the people you meet Oh, oh, you have to call me. I want to help you. Oh, my God. Fucking Ron hates that. I hate them all. <laughs> oh, how about this one? Oh, darling, we must do lunch. And then, they, and then they say, call me. And I say, listen, fuckface, if you want to do lunch, you call me. You're the one that wants you to do lunch. lunch. Yeah, I don't want to. I didn't say I want You're the one. I I should do lunch with you and I should call you. Screw you, you asshole. But those are always the big shots. I know so many celebrities of the of the great era of Hollywood who um Jane Russell number one I bring her back if you said to Jane Russell let's do lunch she turned her back and go uh she hated Hollywood she hated the phony people she hated all the the bullshit she ha hated every bit of it and that's why we were good friends because we were Jane and I could be brother and sister she was exactly like me she had a wild mouth. She didn't care. She did what she wanted, very much like you. And you remind me of Jane Russell's personality. Jane used to call herself a cowboy or a broad. And I think you're a cowgirl or a broad, too. I think you're an abroad set in the most uh, uh, complimentary I, way. I have always loved that term. <clears throat> yeah, you're a broad. You're, I like you. We could hang. Yeah, definitely. <laughs> no, you're my speed. You're my. I don't care for pomp and bullshit and phonies and... And like you said, I can do for you. I used to, when they used to say that, oh, your show, I'd say, yeah, 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 go fuck yourself. And I'd walk away. Right, <clears throat> tell you what, I, I feel like I'm surrounded by car salesmen here. Even if you work oh. at the, you know, at the gap, I go in to get a pair of socks and it's like, oh, you are so gorgeous. I'm going to shut up. <laughs> <laughs> I love it. Oh, I, I'm so sorry. I'll never picture with you. <laughs> 
really and truly. So real quick, I want to do some like bragging. I want Calico back again. We'll have her come back. Oh, definitely. Um, She's great. Actually, I want to get Eileen to interview her. I want to get Eileen to interview her. We're going to push your buns, honey, to the max. I'm going to push you big time, I have a company called World Star PR, and we're like the, we got named the best music publicist in the country. And and my partner is Eileen Shapiro, and um, she's super cool, and she's typing she writes, in here. She writes she's typing to everybody. Here. She writes no, no, to she's, the- she's typing in here that she has one of your dad's straight jackets, and she'd love to interview you. And so like, uh, uh, so I, I'll send an no, email I, and, and is get, the, hook it up that she can do like an interview. Eileen, we write for everybody. Eileen is the queen of journalism for rockers. She's dear friends with Adam Ant and so many of the big, yeah, big she does all the, like, all the rock big people. rockers. She writes for every big rock pop. Uh, publication plus for the Huffington Post and it's a free interview you don't have to give out head or anything <laughs> like you might with some of these perverted guys but I mean um, I'm going to push you because hang I like on though you. so I want to do some bragging okay so first of all um, which I, I purposely didn't inter- I introduced you as yourself because you've really accomplished a lot of cool things um, and, and before I met you I, I knew what Bisto Blanco was only because of when I met you with Wednesday 13, uh, who I had met before, I thought, okay, you know, I asked Caroline Williams, okay, you know, who who is who is this, and like, how do I like look oh, her she up? She knows Caroline. Yes. Yeah. Caroline, Caroline's one of my I clients, one of my PR clients. Caroline is um, so cool. And so, so Caroline gave me all the info. So I looked it all up, and then Scott said he knew you, and I was like, oh, that would be great, you oh, know, we love like Scott. if you could like see if we could get her on the oh, show because Scott. Scott's fabulous. So, so you're the daughter of shock rock legend Alice Cooper. You're Maxim, Maxim Magazine twenty hottest rock star daughters. I freaking like love that. That is like so like mainstream. Uh, yeah, but you know what? Stuff, I, but it's fun. Wait, hang on, Jimmy. I've never met Alice Cooper. I've never spoken to him. So who cares? She's great because she's an individual. She's her own self. Even if she wasn't Cooper's daughter, who cares? She's great as she is. Oh, absolutely. So then she's also an actress besides being a, a cool singer and performer. She's an actress. And you actually studied acting. So you didn't just go because I read someplace that you uh, – uh, went to the Stellar Adler Academy of Acting and, good, and good. studied with the Groundlings, the Upright Citizens Brigade. I mean, you've actually like put time into becoming an actress. And with good people. Yeah, I think <clears throat> I think that there's institutions in Hollywood that are still here for a reason. And you know, acting schools pop up, comedy groups pop up, but if they've been around for 50 plus years, that means that there's there's meat there there's bones there's so when i moved to la i just started asking actresses right left and center i said where is the hardest place to study the one that you can't get into the impossible one you can't take the workload it's too emotionally demanding it's 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 just the hardest and they said well the stella adler academy for acting and i said okay so i went there and i just banged on the door and kept auditioning and auditioning and then finally they go, you're accepted. Yes. So I go in, I do the whole class. And after about two years, I turn to a girl and I said, okay, so now that I feel that I got the skills, I said, where do I go if I want that star power, that extra thing that you need? And they said, the Ivana Chubbuck Studios. There goes, she coached uh, Charlize Theron in Monster and Halle Berry in Monster's Ball. Like all these like- wait, wait, wait. Run that back again. Well, the Ivana Chubbuck Studio. Ivana Trump? No, Ivana no, Chubbuck. Chubb- Oh, can you imagine if it was I like Ivana Trump? What no, the no, fuck Yvonne, is she? Yvonne, I, I don't know how you pronounce it. Say it one more time, Ivana Chubbuck. 
Chubbuck. And she wrote a Chubbuck. book. Oh, I thought you said Ivana Trump. That dumb broad doesn't even know how to pull, pull hairpins out of her hairdo. <laughs> okay, so tell us about this one. Tell us about Ivana. So she does, uh, you know, the FBI does criminal profiling, right? So she applies criminal profiling to acting. Why would this person do this? And, and the fact that nobody's a bad person. So you're playing a serial killer, but she gives you the tools to go, why you have to. I have to. And these are the reasons that it's good and helpful and like healthy that I kill this person. I have to do it. So it created these really dynamic performances. Like I just played a pedophile in a movie. And when I first got the script, I was like, oh, no, 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 no. But once I studied with her, she made me see that this person isn't praying. She teaches you how to not judge a character. So this person's not praying on the kid. This person believes themselves to be a child as well. And so as an actor, that's the only way I can possibly do a role like that and not go to bed like, oh, you know, it's well, she really does brilliant work. I've never taken an acting lesson, but I have learned the biggest lesson of acting in my life. I was married for 16 years pushing myself as a heterosexual man. And if that wasn't the best performance I have ever done in 16 years. That award goes to. Yes. Because I have no idea what it's like to be a heterosexual man. I was born gay. I am gay. I will die gay. So pretending to be a heterosexual man, I had to pick out characters of friends of mine and do and say things that they did so I could fool my wife and all of our friends and let them think I was straight. We lived in that world back then, and thank God it's no longer that way. Nowadays, we could be gay and proud, but it was the, so the best role I ever played. <clears throat> Do you mind if I ask you? I'm, I'm just curious as an actor. So you would look around to your straight male friends and just watch yeah. like mannerisms or behavior yeah. and just copy. Manner, mannerisms, behavior, speech, uh, you know, a bunch of guys would get together and they would start to discuss one of the girls in the neighborhood. And she was a tomato, we'd call her. And she wore woody, candy, wooden shoes, backless, with cut off jeans and big boobs and a little belly top and frizzy hair. And she'd walk down the road and all the guys would want to bang her. But she was married to a guy that I knew was gay. I mean, I couldn't. <laughs> I mean, oh, yeah, he was a big fag. And they, they didn't know that. They thought he was a straight guy, but he was gay as a lock because it. I, I did really well as a gay man, man being straight, not sexually, but the, I got more offers from what they came out of the closet. Like they'd say on Tuesday night, let's tell our wives we play cards. And I say, no, let's not. Because I was devoted to being who I was. I had two wonderful children who I still adore. And I wasn't going to be uh, double, double lifing or anything. It was hard. It. It was hard. Six, 16 years of not being who I am. And I didn't have the sense of humor I had because I wasn't allowed to. Uh, the moment that I decided to end the marriage and be real about it, and she was glad too because she was a big model and she couldn't care less about raising kids. In fact, she never saw her kids for 35 years and she died four years ago without ever seeing them. So I was happy because she left me my children and I raised my children. I was one of the first Mr. Moms. But what a blessing. Thank, awesome. Well, 
You know why I could do it? Because gay men have a very sensitive feminine side. So when I had to be the mother, that clicked in. And when I had to be the disciplinarian dad, that clicked in. So I think that the reason I'm a good actor is because I'm so able to jump into character so mm -hmm. easily because I had 16 years of working on it and fooling and people. On the same character, too. Think about <clears throat> 16 years refining a single character and, and, and figuring out how this person goes about life without showing his hand. I mean, well, that's... I mean, the, the whole body language. Here we go. Hey, how are you? Nice to see you. You know, you're a really beautiful girl. Maybe one night you and I could meet up for a drink or something. What do you think about that? You know, and that's 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 a guy. That's a guy that I knew. All the men I knew. Huh? What? The square shoulders leaning forward on the leg. That's so straight, guy. Yeah, I mean, it, 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 it automatically, I'm in a movie soon coming up. I'm not allowed to talk about it. I hate this shit. Why we don't do pre-publicity on films, I have no idea. But anyway, it's a major film with a major company, and we're shooting in April, and I'm playing a New York tough gangster guy. And, you know, the, the producer and the director knows me in my real life, but they also have seen me act straight. So I'm like Rock Hudson was not who he was uh, on screen in private life. Rock Hudson was right. a, a bo was a bottom. I mean, he was a big girl. Would you yeah. believe it? <laughs> Rock Hudson. I mean, that handsome, sexy, butch guy was a big lady. He was a flamboyant fairy boy and a fabulous guy and a lot of fun and magnificently gorgeous with the most beautiful voice. And I adored him. So hang yeah. on, I want to do some bragging for her because we got about yes, ten, yes, and I, but I want her so back, first of all, back, back. First of all, I want to say because I didn't know you uh, when I first looked you up. I only like was researching music, so I didn't even know you were an actress. And right. I'm, I'm, uh, I'm friends with Malcolm McDowell, and he's also one of my favorite actors. Like I, I see everything he's in, and ah. and, you, and you were in Suck, which is not the greatest movie, but it is a very fun, fun, star-filled movie. Do you know I've been in two movies with Malcolm McDowell now? I did I did Suck with him and Henry Rollins and Iggy Pop and, yeah. and all that stuff. And but Moby and your dad. I mean, oh, it was fucking I awesome. Bet. And my daughter Deirdre was in a film with him called um, Something in Roses, Blood and Roses. I don't remember. What, wait, what other movie did something you do with, with Malcolm? Something with Rose about so I, When I first moved to L.A., I was looking to get that ever-elusive SAG card, right? And at the time, you had to get three vouchers on a show or on a movie or a speaking role in a movie to get offered the privilege of being in SAG. Two and lines. So, oh, okay. I, I had to do two, two lines in a movie. Two lines. Yep, you know it, so you know it. So I was hustling and I signed up for the casting network and I was doing extra work and you know just trying to get the lines, anything I could do, right? I'm up at 5 a.m. And so I'm busting my ass and I hear that my friend Rob Zombie is doing a remake of Halloween. And I go, do I make this call? And I go, yeah. So I called him up and I said, hey, listen, I was like, I, I know that at the time I was like 21, 22, and these kids in the movie are like 16, 17. So I said, I know I'm too old to play any of the main characters. And he goes, yeah, I've already cast the whole movie. And I go, Ugh. I go, is there anything, any speaking role at all that I could have? I just want to get my SAG card. Like, it doesn't have to be a fantastic anything. And he goes, well... There's a scene I'm pretty sure we're not going to keep. The whole movie's cast. And he's, there's a scene I'm pretty sure we're not going to keep. It's, it's uh, Malcolm McDowell and one of his students. And the scene is establishing that Malcolm McDowell is a little bit pervy on his students. Dr. Loomis, he played. Yes. I got to be the student that he was pervy with. 
And I showed up, did one one day of filming. Malcolm was awesome. We was all improv, right? And I was supposed to be, you know, that college student that's kind of sweet on her teacher. That's like, oh, man, you're so, so smart. You know, so it was that whole thing. And uh, sure enough, check came in the mail. SAG card came in the mail. So I, I actually, to perpetuate the rock and roll legend, I have Rob Zombie to thank for starting my career. I love it. First well, of all, you know, today being a SAG member is not necessarily the thing to do. I'm SAG friendly now because I was a SAG member for years. Mm -hmm. Then I stopped working in film to raise my kids. And uh, now I can easily go back into, I can get my card back in a minute, but they want $3,200, $3,800. And that's a lot He's of He's not money. getting enough work to do that. And I'm not getting <laughs> enough work. So well, now- for me, it's one of those things where now you got think about this money wise. So you get a paycheck like a day rate now is like a thousand bucks, right? For one day of work on a TV show. So you got agent, right? Manager, PR, SAG. So I just assume any check I get that it's half that much. Right. So if I make a thousand dollars, it's five hundred. Right. Yeah, well, that's it. You go to Starbucks, you have a coffee and a croissant, and it's over. Wait, so, I want to go back there. Wait, wait, because first of all, because I'm a huge horror movie fan. Well, I want to just finish no. what I was saying. Okay, but hurry, because we're going to run out I, of time. I, anyway, I work in so many films now because I'm SAG-friendly. We I work in low-budget SAG films. It's fun. Uh, now that old people like me are back in vogue, we can be in film. I'm really taking advantage of it, and I have five films I'm doing in the next six months. Yeah, uh, yeah and if I were SAG, I would not be able to do these films yeah. so yeah. that's what i'm saying but anyway i want to say it and i'm going to give jimmy the show i love you no i don't love you that's bullshit but i i have feelings for you i really care about you i like you i want you back and i would love to see you again and i would adore having a picture with you and i think you're sensational and who cares that you're Alice Cooper's daughter. Let him have his career. You have your career. You're a star in my eyes. Thank you so much. It's true. So I'm a huge, huge horror movie fan. I have, um, I have all the action figures, everything signed. Because I used to be a celebrity clothing designer, and I would go to conventions and give the shit away and and meet everybody. And that's how I built the show to get famous people on the show originally. Um, that's how I met Malcolm McDowell. And I actually work with Dave Fairk. He's one of my PR clients, and he's the, the young Michael Myers in Rob Zombie's yeah, Halloween. Yeah. Um, and so I pretty much like know all the horror movie people and I freaking like love all of it. And I think that you, you should get more into more horror. I think you would be like, so oh, great. Wait a minute. Do you want to do a horror movie? I adore them. I grew up on them. Okay. Okay. Hold it. Hold it. I am going to talk to my director and producer because they're looking for a female lead in a very high budget, good we don't. I don't go. I don't do shitty horror movies. I do the good ones. Yeah. I, and I'm going to suggest you. And you live in L.A. I do. I'm here right now. Okay. Then I will suggest that he have lunch with. Are you, you in town? Are you in town for? Um, are you going to be in town March 30, 30th or thirty first? I don't know if it's whichever is the Saturday. Uh, I'm actually now that we're getting to know each other's schedules. I'm going to <laughs> lesbian wedding in New Orleans. Oh, okay. I was going to say, no, because Rock Against MS, I'm doing a bunch of stuff for Rock Against MS, and right. I was saying if you're going to be in town, like, you have rock, fun, because Stephen Adler, a bunch of cool people are going to yeah. be there. But uh, anyway, <laughs> I, I, want you to meet, I want you to meet my uh, producer. Definitely. Yeah, I definitely think what that... What you have to do... Wait, that she has the I know, look. I don't have a way to get in touch no, with her. Wait, she I, has the look for the part. I'm, are you on Twitter? Are you Calico Z Coop? I am, but you know what? I'm an Instagrammer, man. Like, I, I, I go on Twitter, but I, I just don't... I don't assume that you care what I had for lunch. 
So oh, see, I get all my, I, I get a lot, I, I do a lot of promotions there, but okay. So, and what are, oh, I think I follow you already on Instagram. I'm not sure. Yeah. Calico do you, do on I? Instagram, but um, yeah, I'm I'm definitely Call me back so I can send you messages. <laughs> and if yeah. you get if you get this role, you're in my scene. I'm in a scene with you, so that oh. would be fun. We'll get to. So meet we should tell other. everybody too, though. Okay, so she's you guys. You can see her in in Suck. I I brought it. I wrote certain movies down just for people to look because we've had a lot of the people that you worked with in, right, on what, our what show. The title is Suck. Yeah, that was the one with Alice Cooper, Iggy Pop, Moby, Henry Rollins, and Malcolm McDowell. Um, pretty perfect with Noel Guglielmi and Christopher McDonald, who have both been on the show. That's why I picked these out. Uh, she was in an episode of Hawaii Five-0, which I thought was a shitty show, and then I actually watched it and I binged eight seasons. It was a, it's a great show. She was in Henry Danger. That's like a Disney show, isn't it, Henry Danger? And Nickelodeon. Nickelodeon show. She's in The Crooked Man with Dina Meyer and Michael Jai White. And Michael Jai White uh, stars in a movie that uh, a director friend of ours, Thomas Churchill, it just came on Netflix and he wrote it. And... Um, uh, volunteer. Oh, and you, and you volunteer. Not only does she do all these cool things, she volunteers at the downtown women's center in LA, which is also like, a, like, like you do everything. Well, one, I one, mean, one, one other question. Wait, 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 let her answer wait, that. Okay. DWC is one of those places where it's like, it's these women and you assume like you have an assumption about homeless people. And then you go in and you meet these women and they are tougher than you'll ever be. They're smarter than you'll ever know. And they're not just girls, they're ladies. And they deserve to feel like a lady. And so the, the women's center, like I, I work in a program that teaches them how to work retail. So I teach them how to like, you know, uh, run a shop. And then when they kind of graduate the program, they go to work at a Macy's or a Best Buy, people that partner with us. And so it's like the turnaround rate's insane of the women that get back on their feet, which is why I chose that. That that's, that's, that's absolutely that's wonderful, wonderful because that's one of the battles that I fight is to get the homeless back in the world mm -hmm. and not just let them lay in streets and stuff. Now, are you married? I am. And have children? Nope. Just uh, I have two dogs named Gozer and Zool from Ghostbusters. Oh, oh my gosh. What kind of dogs? They're two rescue dogs. One I got in a box and has brain damage. <laughs> And then the other one is uh, shaped like a C because she has a spinal issue. So she's like, good for you. <laughs> we good have two rescue you. dogs, too. You, you are getting more fabulous by the minute. Now, is this husband aware of the fact that he's got a super treasure here? <laughs> I don't know, babe. Yeah, get babe in here. Get his puss on the camera. Is yeah. he in your? Is he an? Is he an actor? Or is he a, a musician? What does he do? He's a director. He directs commercials. Oh, very cool. So I gotta tell him how lucky he is. Here's Scruffy here. Hey, Scruffy, how hey, you doing? Listen, listen up. I want you to know. I want, Hi, nice to meet you. Shut up, Jimmy, for a minute. I gotta get this guy. I gotta put this guy in fine tune. You have got absolutely not only a gorgeous wife, an intelligent wife, but a wife with a tremendous heart for fucked up dogs and fucked up people. She's just, she's <laughs> just. Yeah, for fucked up people. Well, I, I didn't want to say that, but you know, you're not, you're not bad looking. You're kind of cute. Yeah. Now, if, if, now if, you got, if you got a lot of, if you have a lot of money, you're even cuter. But <laughs> then you're not so cute. But anyway. I have never done this before. This is a TV first. I want you to know, throw a net over this one. Watch her. 
<laughs> Don't ever let her go because she is absolutely a fantastic lady. And really, I don't give a shit that she's Alice Cooper's daughter. I did for a minute, but it passed. <laughs> Same here. He's like, oh. Her personality outdoes any of Alice's fame, believe me. She's yeah. just an incredible lady, and I'm so honored and pleasured to meet you. And I hope you're in my film, and we do that together. And I'm going to uh, I'm gonna make sure if I'm not following you on Instagram that I follow you on and Instagram. I, and I will contact the director right after the show is over and tell him he's got to get in touch with you. So give Jimmy your contact information. Okay. And you, husband, you're I'll a email, lucky, you're I'll a email, lucky I'll email Kara, and then we can get some information so I can get in touch yeah. with you. All right? All right, Look so how, we want to thank you. They make a beautiful you. couple. Look I know, nice. they're adorable. They're so handsome together. Ah, so, so Calico, we want to thank you so much for Calico, coming on the show. The we best. think you're fabulous. We want to thank Scott. Scott from Ti Rock Titan TV, our, our right. engineer for helping set the whole right, thing up. Right. You're fabulous, and we wish you all the best of luck in anything. And anytime you have anything to promote, let us know, and we'll get it out to and our as, listeners. As Jane Russell, the legendary actress, would say, it's a pleasure knowing you. Oh, thank you so much. You guys have an amazing day, and we'll talk soon. All right, bye. Absolutely. Thanks. Bye, baby. Woo. Is she not the best? Absolutely fabulous. Hey, everybody. So that was Calico Cooper. Find her on Instagram, Calico Cooper, and you can uh, – uh, check out Bisto Blanco's Feed My Frankenstein. It's fabulous. And uh, and then we'll see you soon. Thanks, Calico. Bye. Bye, honey. Bye-bye. Au revoir. Uh, everybody terrific. in the chat is saying you're so funny, Ron. They liked, loved it. All right. No, so but we'll... she's wonderful. You know, when you have a guest like this. She's I... still there. <laughs> oh, it's okay. Let, let we're, we're off camera now. So no, we're not. She's still on camera oh. if she's there. No, but we're not transmitting. We this. are. We? Oh, we are. Well, anyway. I, I don't usually say this about many that we have on our show because a lot of them I want to smack because all they do is sit there for an hour saying, and my next film and my next show and my this, they, all they do is go on and on about themselves. Who gives a shit? We want to know who you are. Uh, we try to bring you up. We Like I said, we're in Brooklyn in my kitchen having coffee. That's what I want, and we got it today. You are a fabulous guest, not blowing smoke. I really want you back again because you were so easy, and you played back, and you're good. Yeah, terrific. And now we have to call our next. We have a horror Maria I Olsen. Hope, I hope the next, next one is good as right, you. All right, Calico, bye. Is she going to be as good as this one? Or I hope so. Bye, I Calico. So. Thanks. Bye-bye <laughs> again. Bye-bye. Right. Bye, All right, everybody. So you can hear the Jimmy Star Show every week on W4CY Radio with Danielle and Scott. Yes, yes, yes. Oh, she's back. You the can also hear, hear us on K4HD Radio. In L.A., hit 1069 FM in New York, Jackalope Radio in St. Louis. We're on iHeartRadio, Stitcher, SoundCloud, Podomatic, Audio Boom, Spreaker, Apple TV, iTunes, and Podbeam. On television, you can see us on TV, on uh, Vimeo, Ro YouTube, Roku, Comcast On Demand, and soon on the Dish Network. I um, was going to tell Ron he needed to fix you... his shirt because he almost had a nip slip. I almost saw yes. Ron's nipple. What is she selling? Huh? What is she selling? She said you almost one? had a nip slip with your... Yeah, I know. I didn't realize that my <laughs> shirt was opening. So I'm like, why well, they're going to see my pecs. I don't have boobs. <laughs> Eileen Shapiro's got the tits, not me. Um, wasn't that fabulous, though, Scott? That was fabulous. Thank you very much. She was. And yes, I don't, that was you know, wonderful. I, I don't get phony on this show ever. I hate myself sometimes. I'm too honest. But I don't know. But that girl just got me. She just has something about her that's so me. And I think she's fabulous. And... Uh, you know, usually kids that are from such famous people are fucked up, 
but she doesn't seem to be fucked up at all. She seems fabulous. Yeah, she's kind of over, over, got over being Cooper's daughter. Well, you know, a lot of people don't give a shit about Alice Cooper. They couldn't care less. Are you kidding me? He's one of the biggest rock stars yeah, but still. A, a lot of the people I know, they, they think he's cool. an idiot or crazy or whatever. So it's not like he's got all this good, good. He's not like. You're totally wrong. He's No, no. He's got a. In, <laughs> no, yes, let I me agree. put it this way. In his world. He has in the music world. In the music world, he is revered as king, but in the world of the average person, they think he's strange. I mean, I've been around. I've heard people say things about him and David Bowie, and I love David Bowie. Nobody could say anything bad about David Bowie, but they did. Uh, yeah, well, they always say Ozzy Osbourne. All the all know, the people, who, all the people who are legendary always get that. But we got to go to our next guest anyway. We got to go to our next guest. A lot guest. of people don't get it. Yeah, they don't get it. That's just their that's their problem. But she's a doll. I love this girl. I want her to be my friend. Okay, so we're gonna have to call our next guest now. And and while we're doing that, we're gonna call Maria Olson. I want you guys to play the "I Spit on Your Grave" Deja Vu trailer. Okay. Yes, I already have it up and ready. You just made me. All right, so awesome. wait, wait, wait. All right, so that's a minute and thirty-eight seconds, I believe, guys. Yes. Yes. Yes, okay. so start calling her immediately as soon as you start playing it. All right. All right, everybody. The, uh, the cue will be now. All right, everybody. Now we're going to play, before we get Maria Olsen on the phone, the uh, trailer for her new new movie called I Spit on Your Grave, Deja Vu. Here it is right now. Those lives savagely beat the hell out of you and left you for dead. After you seduced them, and boy, did you make them pay. Well, that was nice. We got to meet in the middle of the day. Where'd you park? Excuse me, ma'am. Aren't you Jennifer Hill? The one and only. Do you think we could get your autograph? Gladly. Welcome back, Jennifer Hill. You made each of them died painfully. But the way you let my husband die, there ain't no way more painful than that. I'm gonna give you a preview to hell. I don't care what you do to me, but leave my daughter alone. What are they gonna do to my mother? She made a hole in my heart. What have you done with her? I got my mother's cheats. But I ain't got her forgiveness. We're live, everybody. So we're working out, everybody. We have Marie Olsen on the line, and we're working on getting our lighting a little bit yeah. brighter. Are you onto fluorescent or blue light? Um, LED. Oh, those, <laughs> LED does it. It makes look at people blue. But anyway, you could play an alien. Look at the, look at her great like headset with the horns. No, look, right now she looks like an alien. That's okay. She plays a lot. Of <laughs> she no. plays a lot of creepy people, so it'll work. No, but you could play an alien. You look like an alien. You're all blue. <laughs> Who is I'm that? All blue. Yeah. All blue. Oh, that's that's Cary Grant. Is it really? Yeah. Oh, Ron my, loves Cary Grant. My, my, <laughs> my ex-lover in my dreams. Okay, hold on. Let's do some introductions. <laughs> Let's do some introductions. And um, um, so uh, now we know we can hear her. Yes. Um, all right, everybody. Now we want to welcome to the Jimmy Star Show with Ron Russell, the incredibly talented Maria Olsen. Hello and welcome to the show. 
Thank you so much, Jimmy. Thank you, Ron. This is awesome that I'm here, even if I do look like an alien. Well, you're blue. You're all blue. Totally <laughs> blue. Not a bit of flesh color on you. And your earphones are red. And you look like you've got devil horns coming in. I have. I have. I have. You are just one spooky broad right now. <laughs> So, so this is. Let me do our interrupt. Inter, our introductions. This is uh, my cool, outrageous man about town co-host, Mr. Ron Russell. Hi, honey. I love the title of your movie because I had a mother-in-law that I would love to spit on her grave. <laughs> <laughs> she was not a nice. And woman. then we have um, our people behind the boards up in Pennsylvania. We have Scott. Say hi to Scott. Hi, Scott. Hello, Maria. Hello. And in Florida, we have in Florida we have Danielle. Hello, hello. Hi, Danielle. Hello, hello, hello. <laughs> there you go. And then we have a chat room with every country possible represented. So just say hi to the chat room. Hi to every country possible represented. Awesome. There you go. And look, she's got Percy Jackson's The Lightning Thief, which is a great movie, and she's in it. And uh, that is such – I love all those. Oh, look, an Overlook Hotel, another – look. I hope, like, we, I hope you and I make a movie together because I'm doing all these horror films now. Actually, okay, so the reason – the yeah, reason, I am. Sure. I'm doing five. I'm doing five horror films. The re actually, she's friends with people um, that you that know. We know. Oh, who um, the reason that Maria came on and came into. Oh, our wait a minute. Room. How come I never met Maria? We I haven't ever met her before either. How I've come, seen I, a bunch of your films. How, why haven't we ever met you? We will. We've. I've. I've met a bunch. I've seen a bunch of your films, and the reason she came on is because Churchill said, "Hey, you guys should have Maria Olson on," and so. Well, so, uh, then you, then you, you possibly you could be in a Churchill film, and I'm in three of his films. So maybe we'll I work love together. That. Wouldn't that be that fun? That would be amazing. Yes, I would love that. That would be. I'm crazy. So on where are you actually? Where are you actually from? Because I read in your bio that you came to the U.S. in 2005. Where did you come from? Mars. Uh, yeah, Mars. That's why I'm blue. Um, a little town in South Africa called East London, which is on the southeast coast of South Africa. Oh my gosh! Because I have to say, so she's been here for 14 years. She's done like 300 movies. <laughs> Well, you know, it's called talent. When you have talent, you have talent, you work. When you don't have talent, you sit home, wait, wanting to work. So obviously, she's a talented. Have I ever seen you? In a, have I ever seen her? I don't film? think you saw Percy Jackson. I've seen it like I, ten I spit times. on your grave. I, I have. No, no, no. This is coming out. So okay, so let's talk about oh, that one first, and then yet. we'll talk about other things. So, so spit so is not out. I yet? spit on your grave, deja vu, and it's the sequel to the 1970s. I spit on your grave, right? Right, totally, yes. But you are not in the 1970 film. No. But my character is... Was, because I uh, saw the 1970 yes, film. Yes, what is. Um, yes, um, if you remember Johnny, the ringleader of the gang who attacks Jennifer Hills, um, he has the service station, the gas station, and you see his wife in, like, one very small scene. And I play his wife, like, X number of years on. So my character comes back. But obviously, it's not the same actress playing her. But yeah. Right. And Camille right. Keaton, who was the star of that one, is also the star of this one. Yes, I yes, mean, she is. She comes back reprising her role as Jennifer Hills. We have the same writer-director, Mayor Zarki. Um, it's amazing. It's, it's such a wonderful opportunity. And I'm so glad to have been associated with that and in that film. Oh my now, God! Anybody, been, anybody we know that's in that film? Jim Tavares in it. We, okay. we met him at a premiere recently. Yeah, yeah. Um, Camille Keaton is in it. She's in it. Yeah. And um, and it's fun because like I I like the whole series because I've seen all the remakes and really a really good friend of Ron and ours is Chad Lindbergh and he was like one of the guys in the Love original Chad. remake Love that Chad. they did the big budget okay. the good one and the good remake yeah yeah one with Sarah Butler. Did. 
Yes, with Sarah Butler and uh, Chad Lindbergh was in that one, and um, uh, he's a good friend of ours. And so, and I'm a, such a big horror movie fan, so I've actually seen like a lot of the different things you do. Been in films that we've had tons of people on our show, um, you know, and things that you've been in. So tell us when is this I Spit on Your Grave? When is it going to actually come out for people to be able to see it? Do you know? Yes, I do. April twenty third, um, which is just over a month now. Oh, it's the dog. Hang on, hang on. Keep talking. What are you doing? Huh? Okay. Dogs the cord. Dogs eat the cord? Oh, she's yeah. get out of the studio. Okay, see if it works. <laughs> are you sure it's a dog? No, it's, I hear me. Um, yeah, there was a yeah, difference we're back. in your we're sound. Back. Yeah, yeah, we're, we're back. back. Yeah. We have a 132-pound uh, bull mastiff fila dog, oh. and he and he likes to lay on our legs. He comes in the studio to visit. He's a rescue. Aww. Aww. I was so afraid that that was going to happen. I just knew that was going to happen. Right, anyway, so you, we're uh, back. Deja vu. <laughs> so go. Yeah, deja vu. Tell <laughs> us. So I missed, I missed what you said. Tell us, when is it coming out? On April 23rd, which is just over a month from now. Oh, my God. That's I can't wait for this film to come out. Are you doing a red carpet premiere here in L.A.? I believe so, yes. I'm waiting on the date, um, but I believe that's going to happen. Well, we're invited. <laughs> I'll get us invited. I can neither confirm nor deny. Um, <laughs> well, I will find I'm just out. an actor. <laughs> you know, we, we have almost 5 million viewers, so if we say it's good, we have 5 million people going to see that film because they trust Jimmy and I. We never lie. If we don't it's like gonna be great. The trailer is so amazing, and you are so creepy in the trailer, it's not oh. even funny. I was like, oh, my God, that's just freaking scary. So, like, I think that... Um, I think that you've created such a great niche to play unique characters in films, um, and that's probably why you get booked all the time, because I looked on your IMDb, and you have 52 upcoming projects. <laughs> did, she, did, did, she, did she really do 300 films? Well, let's see. Hold on. I, okay, I took this off her bio. First of all, she's got 52. If you go on, you guys look up Maria Olsen, because that'll help her IMDb star meter. Check it out. And she's got 52 upcoming projects. And since she's been here in 2005... She's done 25 stage plays. She's directed three plays. She's done 100 feature films, 100 shorts, 15 web series, 15 music videos, and five, five voiceover gigs. And she's got 52 upcoming projects. Wow. So all of she's that work. She's a freaking work, working bitch, boy. All, all, all of that work, <laughs> and you have a total income of $300. That's wonderful. <laughs> That's per year, yeah. Why, why do they not pay us really good money in these films? I mean, everybody gets a thousand bucks a day. We don't get a thousand bucks a day. <laughs> well, those are big budget I mean, films. We get like, and she's not going to say anything. No, but she if wants we, to if work. We and get, you want to work too, so keep your yeah, mouth but shut. If we get, <laughs> if we get three hundred, if we get three hundred a day, it's like a miracle. That's okay. Meanwhile, well, do you know Sadie Katz? Absolutely, I love Sadie. Sadie's my my daughter, my darling, my love. Do you know Aww. Caroline Williams? You know Caroline Williams? No. Nuh-uh. Oh. Mm -mm. And how about Augie? Augie Duke? Oh, Augie. yeah. I just worked with Augie last month in Arizona. She's awesome. She's I so love, cute. I love Augie. Too. Ron, Ron's, Ron's in Circus Circus Road with Sadie, Augie, Nikki, Nikki, Chris, people. This close to being in Circus Road, what happened was the shooting dates changed at the last minute, and I ended up being in South Africa. That's right. That's production. right. Yeah. So. And what role would you have played? Oh, I would have played the um, the the motel manager, the creepy motel manager. Oh, and you weren't in my scene. I played the minister, who McFadden, who Got married it. him. 
Okay. But, so and I also say because you, I mean, you have. I have to say, like, like I mean, I guess fourteen years is a long time, but like you've really amassed a career. Um, I know that you do conventions. I I, I looked up that you work with Derek Mackey, and Derek Mackey is a, a friend of mine. And I mean, if you're going to be with somebody, he's like the best autograph like convention signing like person to be with. I mean, he he reps Harrison Ford. I mean, he's got like you know wow. such an amazing bunch yeah, of that's people. That's what I want to do. <clears throat> that's do what he do, wants to do. Do you do signings? I do, yeah, when they want to book me, which is not that often, but hopefully it's going to be more now that I spit's coming out. Because yeah, yes. that, that's really where the income is to make us survive. <laughs> I, no, seriously, if you do one, uh -huh. we have a friend of ours who's a soap opera star, and he goes to one every weekend practically. Wow. Hollywood, and he gets like 10000 bucks just to go. Because they want him he's really there, famous. And then he gets like 30 bucks a picture. 20. Nobody gets $30 or, a Jane picture. Jane Russell got 30 <laughs> That was Jane Russell. Ask her, how much do people, when you go to conventions, how much do most of the regular actors make on a signing? 20 I mean, bucks not, per picture. 20 bucks a picture, see? Well, I, I sat with Jane Russell for the whole three days of, of but the But that's different. She's convention. a legend who's a, who and Jane was older. Got, Jane got 30 bucks. I know, but that's Jane Russell. You're not going to get $30 a she, picture. She made, she Sadie made, gets 20 Everybody wait, gets one, 20 one, one, one one day she made over three thousand bucks. That's Jane Russell. And she gave it to her church because she was very religious. The church needed a new roof, so the only reason that she was doing picture signings was to get money for her church. The minute they got enough to fix the roof, she no longer did it anymore. Uh, wow. Yeah, Jane was a good, good. You know who Jane Russell is? Oh sure, I I love musicals. Come on now. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. So. She got Cary Grant in the back, so there's a pretty good chance that. <laughs> Cary didn't do musicals. I know, but the fact that she must watch old movies if she's got Cary Grant Jane, hanging on her the, wall. Jane Russell. <laughs> Jane Russell only did two two musicals. Gentlemen prefer Blonde and French Line. Those were the only two. She was very known for her tough personality with Robert mm -hmm. Mitchum in all of those wonderful uh, noir films. So let me ask you a question, because you've made a career in horror. Were you a horror movie fan before you started doing all of this? Like, do you like to watch horror movies and stuff, or are you just like got a great character actor uh, persona that you get cast in a lot of them? But do you actually like them and do you watch them? I love horror movies. Um, I grew up with my mom's telling me about horror movies and horror books. When I remember when I was like five, having a discussion with my mom about Dracula and Dracula's victims and stuff. So I literally grew up with that love of horror. Um, totally watch them every day if I could. Review them. I write horror scripts. I read horror books. I have horror comics. So Now, who was your mother? Who was your mother? My mom, uh, no one will know her, Marjorie Sorensen, Marjorie DeBoer from East London, South Africa. <laughs> she's, just saying, she's just saying that she's from oh, early your mother, age. Your mother wasn't an actress in the biz. Um, not at all, no. I, I didn't even act for film um, until I came to Los Angeles because um, the town that I grew up in in South Africa was like really, really far away from the film industry. I did a whole bunch of theater, um, but then when I came here to Los Angeles 2005, I had a year of theater. Then I was like, you know what, I challenge you to do film. You've always wanted to do film. You're here, so get on with it. Do it. And what here we are. <laughs> what do you what do you think of Shelley how do you say her name? Shelley Theron. Theron. She's from South Africa. She is. She's amazing. I love her work. I've never met her. I have never worked with her, but I really love her work. And I love she's awesome. I love her. She's so beautiful. My God, yes. is she not the most she's in, she's our nowadays Grace Kelly, I always said. As beautiful as mm -hmm. Grace Kelly was. Mm -hmm. So let me and let a me, good actress too. Let me Very do a little. So. Let me do a little bit of bragging. I'd like to work with her also. 
Hang on, let me do a little bragging. So anybody, if you haven't like heard of uh, Maria Olsen, I'm sure you've seen some of the films she's been in. Um, she was in American Horror Story, Paranormal Activity 3, Agoraphobia with Cassie Skirbo and Tony Todd. They've both been on our show. And I, our love, friends. I love Tony, love Tony. Grizzled with Donna Lee Heising, Victoria Damari, and Bill Oberst Jr. They've all been on our show. <laughs> <laughs> Abducted with uh, Scout Taylor Compton, Michael Urie, and Ken Devishian. And they haven't been on our show, but we've met all of them at and, events, and so I, we know all I, of them. I know Michael. Yeah, we know Michael Yuri. Um, she's also Percy Jackson and the Olympians, The Lightning Thief, which is like a, a great, 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 great movie. Lords of Salem, that's a Rob Zombie's film. Um, she's got a movie called The Sunday Night Slaughter that she's in, and you're also the executive producer with uh, Brad Potts, who I know. Felissa Rose has been on the show, and Corey Felissa, Feldman. Felissa, we're good friends with Yeah, we're Felissa. friends with Felissa. Um, you have a, your own production company called Monster Works 66, and, um, and you have a film coming out and this was this i don't know when this is coming out but it's called cockroaches like is that already out <laughs> um no it's actually a, a, a crime drama cockroaches oh so, i was gonna say yeah. like is it really gonna be a movie with a bunch of cockroaches because like that would creep me oh the i fuck would never out. be in that film <laughs> no. No. i'm 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 gonna be shooting a film soon and i'm hoping that they do not have rats running around the set because the rats are part of the film uh, I will have a lot of problem with that. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, rats ski. I ski. So, what are you? Some of your favorite things? Well, that I you want to ask you one question. Okay. I love films about witches. What Me do you too. think about? Don't you too? Don't you love the witch film? I think the witch character is the most fascinating of all, and the most scariest in a very quiet way. Plus, we love Hocus Pocus. We watch it every no, year. But I love witches. <laughs> so, how many witches have you played? Oh, oh, wow. I haven't counted, actually. Um, I've played from stupid caricature witches, like in the Harry Potter series I was part of, to actual immortal, um, like, body and soul stealing, powerful, incredibly powerful witches in Mark of the Witch. Um, I've played at least 10 or 15 times. I've played witches. I love playing witches. It's I would amazing. Like to play, I would like to play a warlock. I would. I would really warlock enjoy, was a cool movie. I, would, I, I could be a good warlock, too. I look like one. I love it. So, if, if there's a stereotype for a warlock, do you have certain like what? Do you have certain horror films of yours that you're the most like that you think, oh my god, this is some of my best ones, and I love these? Or do you have like a favorite or two, one or two that that I've been in? Yeah, that you've been in. I never choose a favorite. I've been asked that a lot, and I never choose one. Smart. I will give you maybe five that I loved that particular day, um, but I'll never choose a fave. Very smart. Do not discuss your <laughs> politics and do not discuss your favorite movies. But you got so, so you got so many really like good ones and with so many people that we know that we've been on this because I was looking on your IMDb and I was like, oh my gosh, like like we know all the same people. I can't believe we've never actually like met before. Yeah, how's that? Yeah. <laughs> Where do you you live in L.A.? You live in L.A.? I do. I do. Yes. How come we never? You've never gone to any of the red carpets that we're at. I'll get. I'll make sure that that when we're yeah, going we're, to them, that you know that they're no, about. We're going to get her to go to a red. Because I'm actually, uh, I'm a publicist, and a lot of my clients are big horror movie stars. Yeah, and so, so we go to every so, red uh, So like, I get everybody like invited. So like, you when know we have what? Stuff, we, I'll get let's you get going. her in. Let's get her invited to Churchill's film that he just did in Florida. Yeah, they're going to have. Nation, a, she, well, she'll get invited to Churchill's anyway. Yeah, she's they're going to have them. a big, big red carpet for that one. Nation's fire. Nation's fire. Yeah, I was uh, looking at all of these pictures, and I was chatting with him yesterday. I think it looks amazing. Yes. It looks yeah. terrific. 
It looked really fun. So, okay, so upcoming you have, besides I Spit on Your Grave, What? Uh, well, tell us a little bit about the Sunday Night Slaughter because you're the executive producing it too. Is that through your, your production company? Um, it was originally, yes, um, quite a few years back, uh, 2012 actually. Um, Edward Payson from An Anti-Hero Production and myself, we started to fundraise for Sunday Night Slaughter and I was part of shooting the first three of the segments. It's a horror anthology. Um, and then unfortunately I had to take a year off to help my dad get his permanent residency in the country, buy a house, etc. Um, so I sort of put producing to the background a little bit. Um, but I know Sunday Night Slaughter is almost out of post. I actually um, recorded some ADR about a week ago on it. Oh, and good for it was you. a lot of fun. Yes. And it's all shot. It's almost out of um, uh, post. And I think we should be seeing it come out later on this year. So. Oh, I love it. That's terrific. A question I have to ask yeah. you How are you about remembering lines? Oh, um, I'm fine. Um, I've never had an issue with learning my lines. Um, and actually, I have noticed that the more I'm learning, specifically now when I have so many auditions and projects, I'm learning them more easily than ever it's it's like a muscle the more you use it the easier it works for you really it is well i hope my muscle works because i'm 78 <laughs> and i'm having a little bit of a problem remembering lines and i sort of improvise which is good you know because i keep this the subject going i just give it my own kind of a wordage <laughs> some, dir some, some directors encourage it and others do not uh the ones that encourage it get the best performance out of me. The mm -hmm. ones that do not, the performance is not so hot. So the question to you now is, would you prefer to improvise or go by the line? I, I'm going to say a combination of both. I need to know what my line is. Um, I'm never really a fan of improv, but I also like to have the freedom to change it up even a little bit if I feel the need. And I'm very much an in-the-moment actor. Yeah. Um, I know my friend Jamie Bernadette, who, by the way, stars in I Spit on Your Grave Deja Vu as Jennifer Hills' daughter. She works in television a lot, and there you have to be word-perfect. You can't change the to uh or whatever it is. Word-perfect. And I prefer the freedom that, like, indie film especially gives you. Um, you know, I know my lines. I'm coming in there. I'm going to say my lines. But every so often, I might change it up just slightly, be it a word or a phrase or the, the, the phrasing of a phrase or something like that. And I like that freedom. I don't like full-on improv because I'm like, actually, I'm here to interpret the writer's artistry not just give my own take on whatever okay. comes to my head. That's, that's the key word, artist's <laughs> uh, perfection. I did a script years back where I was supposed to be a very tough Brooklyn cop. And uh, the script read something, I'll make it up now, like, I don't think you should have that gun in your hand. I don't know anyone in Brooklyn that's a cop that ever spoke that way. <laughs> So I told the, the writer and director, this stinks. I'm going to sound like a, a faggot cop, and I'm supposed to, I have to play straight. So I changed it, and I said, yeah, you know, I don't think anybody ever had a gun in their hand like this. And he looked at me, and he said, oh, is that how they speak in Brooklyn? I said, yeah, I'm from Brooklyn. <laughs> so sometimes you got to rewrite what the writer wrote because he doesn't know what the hell he's talking about. 
It's and you oh. never know. You never know which is which. You never know if the writer wrote it a specific way to make a point about the character, or whether the writer just hasn't a clue what they're talking about. You don't know. <laughs> well, most most writers. I love your accent, no, by the way. She so doesn't even have an accent. Her English is perfect. <laughs> um, writers mostly write from ego, and they write mm -hmm. how they would like to portray the part. Uh, so they don't really write for the character. Years ago, when a script was written, let's say a Warner Brothers script, it was written express, expressive, expressively for the character. And none of the writer was in it. Today, I find a lot of the writers write about who they are, not the character. Mm. Do, do you feel that also? Well, you're always going to get a bit of it because the only lens you can see the world through is your own. But I agree. I've I've read like feature scripts where every single character sounds like the same person. Absolutely. There's no differentiation. No. You no, know, no. and even I'm and, guilty of that a little bit. And no character development. This is something I'm really upset mm -hmm. about today. There's no character development. They simply bring somebody on that does their lines. And where the hell did that come from? And also what upsets me is no rehearsals. You know, I'm in film 58 years, okay? So I yeah. remember, and you do too, the days of rehearsal. Now they shoot a film in 10 days. There's no rehearsal. You, you, and they take one take. And I think <laughs> that's why some of these horror films stink. Because they look amateurish, because they're not ironed out. What do you feel about that? I quite agree with you. Um, I was on a film with very dear friends of mine, but they had one day to shoot this like huge, huge scene with a whole bunch of kids and huge effects and, 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 and. Um, they shot all the kids' stuff out, but by the time they got to my scene, you know, um, reverse onto to my character and I had a huge emotional scene. Sorry, light is going, you have one take. And I'm like, oh. well, okay, here we go. In fact, they told me that after I had had my take. They were like, okay, that's it, bye. And I'm like, well, I, 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 well okay. Wow. So it's a luckily lot of... You're, luckily, luckily, you're really good at what you do, Yeah, but though. that's a curse of an actor when an actor has to do that. Mm -hmm. Because you feel that you maybe didn't do the scene the way you thought you could do it. You know, every scene you do... Every take, like, uh, what's his name? When Jane Russell was shooting the uh, outlaw, crazy Howard Hughes shot, shot a tombstone 46 times. I mean, it was a tombstone of Billy the Kid. And Jane told me this. They took 46 takes in different angles of a tombstone. Back then they did that. Uh, Jane also told me they always wanted her to lean forward, pick up a bucket of water so her cleavage would bubble out of whatever. I think, though, it also depends on the kind of film that you make. I mean, you no, 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 no. It's it's the filmmakers today are so concerned about the money investors and not running over budget that they don't really care about the film or the actors. Therefore, every filmmaker is worried about getting a green light from the money lenders and the money lenders run the business. They tell you who should be in a film and who should not be in a film. I okay. think, though, it depends no, on... No, no, now... I'm telling you, well, Wait a speak. minute. If you Wait a second. <laughs> I'm not finished with my, my shout-out. If you are an actress who has been semi-nude or nude in a film, you may not get a film today because a lot of money investors come from countries where they don't approve of women nude. And you will be thrown off a film or not even into a film. And I think that's wrong because actors act. And if you're playing a prostitute and you're naked, that's part of the, the, the scene. So I am. She played a prostitute in something. But I'm. A, but you know what? 
No, seriously. <laughs> neighbors. Nude, yes, I knew some. Oh, yeah, Neighbors. In that comedy, Neighbors, right, she played a prostitute. That's different. But nudity in a lot of foreign countries is not accepted as homosexuality. So if you are gay or a gay character, they don't want you to be gay, and you cannot act gay. Now, I was hired as a gay comic. And when I got on the set that morning, they said, no gay, play it straight. And I said, but why did you hire me? You hired me because I'm campy, wild, and fun. They said, no, but be straight and boring. So I felt that was very wrong. So it was kind of homophobic. But I said it depends on... But it's also because of the people who are investing come from countries where homosexuality, they kill people. But it also depends... Okay, but it also depends on the movies because she's been in independent films that are like a lot of the films that you've been in and the ones that we go to the premieres for. She's also been in Percy Jackson's Lightning Thief, which cost $100 million to make. And I'm sure that the the attitude on the set there is is not the same as the attitude on a $150,000 movie. And so I think that... I don't care what it is. A film should be done to the best. Oh, absolutely. It can be. Actors have to give it 100% or 110%. A film that is not good is not good because of the actors, the, the editing, mostly the editing, and totally the director. I mean, there are some directors who should really go and sell coffee at. You know, McDonald's or something. So hold on, let's go on because we only have we have seven minutes left. So let's go. Let's do some hypotheticals. Let's say, yeah. okay, so you've already done all these great movies and you've worked with some really great people, um, and you've had such great opportunities. Let's say you could uh, you could have been in any movie that's ever been made in history. What movie would you have liked to be in? And 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 who's your bucket list? Who would you like to? Uh, who who are who's a male and female actor that you think? Oh my God, I would love to like work with these people. All right, movie that I would have loved to have been in, uh, Metropolis, Fritz Lang's Metropolis. We're going back to German Impressionism now. Uh, I adore that film with every single soundtrack that we can find. Uh, Giorgio Moroto, the original. I want to be in that movie, damn it. Um, (laughs) All right, who I want to work with, male and female. Uh, Male, uh, uh, probably Robert Downey Jr. I really, really... um, admire him and i love his acting style actually female well it's between three right now and i'm gonna give you all three okay give Sir us all Sharon- three. Ronan, um the lovely bones lady bird she's freaking yes. brilliant oh my god um brooklyn, she's related from that brooklyn movie Vera Farmiga. Um, I'm literally tracking down every movie she's ever been in to watch her. She's got one of the most expressive faces. If you watch Bates Motel, she plays the mother. Um, she's amazing. And I probably would not be able to say a word if I was confronted with this actress, but I would love to be on set with Gillian Anderson. Oh, that's a good one. Good Nobody's one. ever said Gillian no, Anderson. That's she's, a cool one. She's now, be- really good. And, I mean, I've been watching X-Files since I was, like, Yay, hi. So it's like, ah. I never I saw X-Files ever. Until I met Ron, yeah, I had never seen she's it. She's fabulous. I met her years ago at a cocktail party in town, and she was absolutely lovely and, and so, like, not a movie actress. She was like a real human. What do you think of my love, who I want to work with so badly? Michelle Dockery. Dockery. I bet she doesn't know who Michelle is. Dockery. Abington. Have you ever seen uh, Downtown Downton Abbey? How about, did you see there was a TV show on uh, called... Um, that you should have watched because oh, you it's, up, loved this. it's up your alley. Uh, what was that show called? It was on TBS. 
Uh, good she, behavior. Good behavior. It was called Good Behavior on TBS, and she's the star of it. She's also the star of Downton Abbey. Okay. And, uh, no, but I, I haven't seen either like of his those. Favorite, but, that's but his now, favorite here's, actress. Here's a part that she played in her TV series here. Would you play this part? A prostitute, a shoplifter, a drug addict, a murderer, a liar, a whore. Those are all the pieces that to this character she played. She played it brilliantly. She didn't hit you over the head with it. It was so real. That's a hell of a but the reason you have character to... to play. Would you play that? Is that a challenge? She's already played a prostitute. No, 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 no. But <laughs> a shoplifter, a protest, a prostitute, a murderer, a drug addict, and and a klepto. She's a murderer too. <laughs> no, no, no. I mean, no, look at all the pieces you're working with. You're working with a lot of pieces, and and you could very easily make it overly done. She did mm -hmm. not. Mm. You have to understand it in context, though, because she played Lady Mary on Downton Abbey, who is the most prim and proper, wealthiest like lady on the planet. Right. And then her next role after that, you know, she's like playing like something that's 100 percent polar opposite. And she's such a fabulous actress. One of her awesome. lines from Abbey was a cop said, but lady, listen to me. And she said, no, he said, but ma'am, listen to me. She said, I am Lady Mary of Bubba. It went on and on. <laughs> I mean, hilarious. it was so wonderful. And then to see her playing this prostitute, shoplifter, murderous, horrible human being who you love because she's kind and gentle and wonderful. I'm sorry they didn't give it a third season. But if you can pull it up, pull it up. There's a lot of stuff you can get out Good of it. Good behavior. It was fabulous. So, so mm -hmm. what are some of your favorite horror movies to watch that you like to actually like watch? Um, I'm going to start with Last Shift. It's a, a film from um, Anthony de Blasi, actually, who I hope to work with at some stage. Um, it's just this little random indie from 2014, which I found on Netflix. And, oh, my gosh, is it terrifying? So if you like terrifying films, definitely watch Last Shift. Okay, I'm writing it down. The Last yes, Shift. Okay. Last Shift. Um, recently, I've loved Hereditary. I love The Witch. I love Interview with the Vampire. I love... Um, uh, uh, Bram Stoker's Dracula. I love huge, like, yeah, impressive, sumptuous, visually beautiful horror. That's what I, I usually like. Those are very high-budget, well-done, directed films. Yeah. They're not the films I talk about. <laughs> <laughs> I like a I lot mean, of the I, I, I was in a lemon once. I'll never talk the title because people start looking <laughs> it up and they get hysterical. But uh, when, when I got on the set, it was my scene, and I said, where are my marks? He said, oh, we don't have any. Just walk around. <laughs> I said, just, just walk around. He said, yeah, the camera's on my shoulder. We'll follow you. Then what was the other thing they, that they I I said? Know, you got one minute, so you got oh, Anyway, something else I said. <laughs> it was a dog. Let's put yeah, it that way. I, well, I, said, oh, wait. I said, where's my key camera? Oh, wait, this is it. <laughs> And all you have to do to find it is go to Ron Russell's IMDb. <laughs> no, don't you dare. You know what? It, it, it was, it was, I did it for a friend, and I did it for a friend. So anyway, listen, you guys, Maria. Don't ever do it for a friend, by the way. This is Maria Olsen. She's Maria. got great movies. You want to make sure um, on April 23rd, is that what you said? or 20, April 23rd, I spit on your grave, deja vu. It's going to be fabulous. You can follow her on Twitter at Maria Olsen 66, M-A-R-I-A-O-L-S-E-N 66. Um, do you have like a Facebook page and all that kind of stuff and Instagram? Are you on everything? Are you Maria Olsen 66 everywhere? 
on Instagram, correct? On Facebook, Maria Olson fan page. There you go, you guys. So like her, look her up, watch all her films. We want to thank you for coming on the show. Can't wait to see you when I spit on your grave. At and the premier red carpet of I Spit on Your Grave. We're going to meet you because awesome. we're, we're going to, we'll I'll, I'll figure you. out how to get my way in there. So it'll be okay. no problem. Oh, it's no big <laughs> thank deal. Thank you so much, Maria, for coming on the show. Thank Congratulations you, on your career. We'll see you soon. Thank and everybody, you. thanks for tuning in. We'll see you guys next week. We got bye a great bye, show. Next week, we got a great show with Sean Kanan and who did I say? Oh, the guy from Maroon 5, Jesse Carmichael from Maroon 5. All right, everybody, take care. See you next week. Bye. Bye bye. Big up the girls inside the party